Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I want to welcome all of you. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to TransformationRadio.fm. It's great to be connecting with all of you. Um, and I happen to be in the studio with Mr. Benny today. Hello, B. Hi, Pat. How you doing? Yeah, pretty good. good. I see we got our uh, old school air conditioning. Yeah, on we're trying here. to cool things down. Uh, a yeah. compressor has gone out in the last day up in the ceiling. So yeah. until then, our studios have been a little toasty. I've done my best, other than bringing in a block of ice for you to sit on. Thank you. Uh, you know, because I, I hear that's the old school way of cooling down. That is down. the old school right. way. Right, used to go down the hills like that. Old school um, way. So that's I brought right. in our old box fan. Box fan and yeah. old school with the box fan is you put the ice in a big block in front of the fan. Uh, I didn't think that's about that old too. school. I'm gonna that's, have to contact our like, general manager to go down that, there right you now. Get, you get the block of ice <laughs> and then the fan blows on the ice, and there you go. Perfect. And the old school fan next to you actually has metal blades. I didn't think they made those anymore. I can't even believe Don't you stick got your that. No, now. they're plastic. No, that's that's metal. That, dude, that's an old That's why you need to stay very, very far. I don't want to like, lose you. Don't I'm just looking you. at the wire on that thing. I'm just well, <laughs> it's pretty good. The wire <laughs> The wire's pretty good yeah, on my that. Well, you're pulling out all the stops for me. Well, generally speaking, I, I'm the kind of girl that is still turning on her heat at night. So there <laughs> we go with that. Um, you know, today's show, it doesn't matter what temperature it is, it doesn't matter where you're sitting. Doesn't matter, you know, whether you're in the air conditioning or you're sitting out in the heat or you're enjoying some of this beautiful weather we're having here. Uh, I, we're not quite in the scorching. Uh, there are times in our lives that we step forward and we get fired up. We really get fired up on things. And I remember myself growing up in my teenage years. I know Linda remembers all too well, too, in my 20s, you know, kind of popping out there. And here I was just a crazy, just a crazy. Now, I look back and, you know, I think about, no, I didn't think I was crazy. Now what they would call us is we were activists. That's the term, activists. And I was really touched by a few things last night. Um, uh, I, I was really touched by somebody like me that has been around for a, four, a few generations not really understanding the full depth and breadth of, uh, of the presidential nominee uh, last night that, that Bill Clinton talked about, Hillary Clinton. And I was one of these people that, like many of us in this world, we don't look beyond the surface of things. We don't really look and ask ourselves, who are we and what do we believe in? But today, Deborah Green is going to share her story about looking at who and what has been going on in the world, who and, and what has been happening to make a difference, 
who is out in the world that are saying, I am a game changer. I believe in a better world. I believe in A, B, C, D, and I'm willing to take some action about it. So for me today, when I think about Deborah, she has a long history of creating these award-winning programs. Doesn't matter what part of the world, what sectors you're in. You could be a corporation. You could be an entrepreneur. You can be a nonprofit. It doesn't matter. You just have to be. You got to be. You got to be doing something, right? What are you doing is the question. But here we now get to talk to her about what peace building is about. What is this that we have come to know and, and learn about? How do we remain calm? How do we live and, and exemplify what it means to live a moment? Today, I get to talk with her about the, the depth and the breadth of what inspires her to get up every day. She's, call, she's in her car because she's traveling to do more things for a better world. And she's committed to finding an intersection between mindfulness and support for good works and the scaling of economy. I love that because there is an intersection. We see it every day. Deborah, it's great to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little fired up today for a lot of reasons. <laughs> I, I, I think I, uh, you know, I think what happens sometimes in life is we forget some parts of our roots and what mm-hmm. what we went through in life to be the people we are mm-hmm. today, right? You know, I sit here and I and I don't take it for granted what I get to do on a daily basis. And, you know, um, being out in the world and, you know, creating a, a network called Transformation Talk Radio, now TransformationRadio.fm with 10, 10 positive talk channels, everything from God talk to Cosmos talk to Psychic talk to Green talk. Never thought about it. And someone said to me, and I would love for you to answer this question. Someone said to me, Pat, you know, why did you get away from your activist roots? And I really felt bad about that, Deborah. And then one of my friends looked at me and said, well, don't you do that positive talk thing? So it's almost like we forget. How is it that you became Deborah Green, this person that just won't quit in the world? What is it that gets you fired up here? (laughs) You know, I first want to answer the question uh, that your friend asked yeah. the statement about getting away from your activism. Yeah. And there is, there is nothing about what you created <laughs> uh, that isn't activism. Right. You know, <laughs> activism isn't always, you know, standing on a corner with a sign or a sit-in or the old-fashioned, uh, old-fashioned, the, the first generation or one of the first generations, you know, to step forward uh, in America and, you know, there is this new generation and this ability to activism differently. And doing a talk radio station on the Internet with a with a bigger bandwidth, so to speak, is exactly one of the forms. And one of the things that I talk a lot about um, when I work either with a corporation or individuals or uh, in communities is that, you know, living a balanced life isn't just about, you know, mind, body, soul. You know, it isn't like I, I eat well, I exercise, I spend time with family. There's the piece that people are coming to now is purpose, that you can, you know, soak your body and feed your, you know, your soul and you can feed your body and you can have good relationships and right action. But unless you have a real driven purpose for being on the planet, you're always going to be slightly out of balance. Yeah. Um, and, 
And that, I think, comes up in discussions over and over again, that there is a general feeling of dis-ease, even in, you know, with people who seemingly have everything, that it's just not quite enough because there, there really is a drive to create something more. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's exactly what you're doing, so I'm glad you answered her that way. Um, I had to think about it, though. I'm telling you, if you'd, have seen, if you'd have been there in the middle of that conversation, Deborah, right <laughs> there that I was having, there, it was yeah. like there was a deer like the deer with the headlights in the eyes, if you'd have seen the look on my face about that, right, just in that moment, my, my brain didn't, like, click in about it. Right. Because right. I, I didn't realize, I didn't realize what we've been doing for the past 14 years. I didn't get it. But now I get it because we're building upon it and we're getting ready to raise some funds upon, about it. Uh, and right. we're, we have other initiatives that we're doing to save lives, um, and so forth and so on. But I love what you said. I think that people from my generation are feeling a bit guilty right about now in mm. their lives. I really well, think. I wouldn't. I, I would say I hope not. Because I, I hope not, the, too. It's, because it's the first step. It's without that, uh, we wouldn't be where we are. And quite honestly, I yeah. feel like there are generations in between that drop the ball. That got really comfortable mm-hmm. and forgot what activism and what being an American is. And I have to say, one of the greatest gifts of what I'm doing right now is the ability, um, however it happened, that I now have this opportunity in my life to just sit across from people and look them in the eye and hear their stories and hear their humanity and find and weave together the thread, you know, when we're so busy in some factors of our country ripping apart the fabric mm-hmm. of it. I'm weaving it back together with yeah. some of these stories. Yeah. And I can't tell you, there, you know, I was speaking with an imam at an Islamic um, mosque in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not um, a big metropolis, you know, on either coast. This is middle America. Mm-hmm. And he runs this mosque. And he's, how proud he is to be here. Mm-hmm. What he believes America is. And, um it reminds me of how we need to step up so that we are worthy of the admiration from the rest of the world because we really are an ideal. America is based on being an ideal. And I think like what we were just talking about, about the generations that have kind of gotten comfortable, one of the things that I kind of bring up is that being an American is all about striving for an ideal. Mm -hmm. And in that, being an American is a verb. It is an action. It's not just a right and a privilege. We need to remember that we are an ideal. And to be an ideal is a constant striving and a constant action. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what activism of your generation started. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what's starting to happen again with this election cycle, because nothing can be thrown under the carpet anymore. Nobody, I agree. I agree. for that. Yeah. It's really interesting you're saying that, because... I I was I was listening I was listening you know over the past couple of, of weeks or so and there was one thing that really rubbed me wrong and it was this idea that America uh, first of all America is not great I, I really had to contemplate that and then secondly not not very long by the way and then secondly it's like okay America is already great and what I woke up with three o'clock in the morning the other morning. 
I think it was Monday, uh, Tuesday morning, three like three o'clock in the morning. I just like like out of bed, like some kind of Dracula uh, being out of a coffin that just had fire uh, put on it. Right, I pop, popped right out of there, and I went to my computer and I said, Americans are already great. We are people here are already mm-hmm. great. It doesn't mean we can't get better. It doesn't mean we can't do things we've never done before. Um, but I really felt like when we talk about a country, it seems so abstract sometimes. What do you think? I, I think something, something needs to change. And I, I think what Michelle Obama was speaking yeah. about the other yeah. night is the beginning of that shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the shift is uh, it's not about being the best nation anymore. It's not about mm-hmm. being the best country because that in itself is in opposition with other countries. Mm -hmm. And in creating, and now that the barriers are down because of technology and we can see beyond the veil, um, now it's about being a a good country, Mm -hmm. uh, a worthy country that takes care of their own, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that is good to the economy, that's good to its people, that's good to the earth, and then is a great global, global citizen as Mm -hmm. a country. You know, so I don't want to be the best anymore. I'm, I'm not interested in that conversation of America's the best. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We're great yeah. and we're inspiring, yeah. but we're not the best. There are plenty of other countries who are doing things in certain sectors that mm-hmm. we can learn a lot from. Yeah. And the only way we're going to survive is if these countries work together. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that, to me, is the greater goal. Otherwise, it's just pomp and circumstances from a generation gone by. It's not applicable. Yeah. I, I, and I want to just tell everybody about what you're creating here. Uh, you're, you know, I, I, this is really what I thought about, you know, when Linda, Linda talked to me and, and we talked about, wow, we would love to have a conversation with you, Deborah, because, you know, what does this mean? Our state of peace, our state of peace. I say that, and I said, Linda, did you see this? Our state of peace. And I Mm -hmm. thought, wow, weaving a tapestry of peace and possibility. You know, my corporation's name is Unlimited Possibilities now. (laughs) You know, and the reason that I I was so fascinated by what you've done is if you looked at my early life on paper, there isn't a logical or rational or even a commonsensical explanation for how I'm even here talking with you. But see, that is not the world of possibilities, is is it? That's the world of somebody else's view of probability. Tell me about, (laughs) right? You know probability, right? Right? That's why a lot of gamblers are broke right now. I was about to say, yeah, probability has never worked in my favor. Yeah. You know, Anything that's ever been a real solution in my life is never what I thought it was going to be. Ever. No matter how much thinking and how much planning, the thing that pops in to get me to the next stage is never what I think it's going to be. Ever, ever, ever. Um, Our State of Peace is a documentary series, and and the name comes from the concept of, you know, our, our own personal state of peace and our overall, you know, global state of peace. You know, so because I do believe that how we function as individuals and, and uh, how we create peace in our immediate life affects how we go into the world and create a greater peace. Mm-hmm. And if you're not at peace uh, in your daily, you're not going to be able to bring it to the world and you're going to not have the resilience to handle the conflicts that are happening, you know, 
in your life. And, and that then translates into companies and communities and governments, mm. you know. So it has to start personally. And so for me, the conversation was one-on-one. And can we take a moment to find our center and, and to take it out of the uh, calling it prayer or calling it mindfulness or meditation or mm-hmm. anything like that. The thing that we have in common is breath, yeah. you know, how we breathe. And, and that is a centering thing. And it's not new news. It's, you know, taking a moment and breathing and, and finding your center is something that, you know, we, we've been doing for thousands of years and then collectively doing it for, for millennials, you know, that, that we come together and we take a moment and find our center. And always it seems like, you know, there's something greater that comes from that. And so these conversations that I'm having, these, quote, peace blogs that get created out of these conversations, and then then those separate peace blogs, they're like a minute to a minute and a half, you know, they're sent to the participants, and the participants start sending them around. And, mm. you know, we've only been doing this for a couple of months. We've um, filmed in... San Francisco. Uh, we also filmed in Pakistan after um, the Lahore attack on March 17th, and uh, we're looking at going into um, Germany to, to talk to some of the uh, refugees, the Syrian refugee camps there. And um, again, you know, but by but by the grace of that, that you know, I'm not in a refugee camp. You're not in a refugee no. camp. And another time in our history, we might have been. Yeah. And to realize and to have those moments of just speaking to people, you know, human to human, you're going to see the connection, you know, one at a time. And what happened with this election process for me, I turned my gaze back to America and mm-hmm. thought, I want to meet who we are, mm-hmm. you know, because this doesn't, this doesn't feel like my America right now. And I want to know what that is. And, and so we started actually in Seattle and yeah. worked our way down the West coast yeah. and then, uh, have been going across the country, and I just uh, just drove from Birmingham to Atlanta this morning, um, and and we've been talking to people, you know, the whole way, and and creating this documentary that we will release as an hour long before the election. Uh, we'll do that in October, mm-hmm. but in the meantime, we just want to get hundreds of thousands of these uh, peace blogs going, you know, from around the world for people to just kind of speak their mind. Um, and Seattle was amazing, by the way. No kidding, right? It a, oh, it was a great trip. First of all, you know, stunning. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. And I have friends there. And, um, and very Americana on one hand and very uh, multi-ethnic on, on the other, you know, and so it, which is very much the new Americana. And um, I was really touched, actually. I was in Edmonds, and there was a... Uh, parade for fourth of july and there was a group i think it was called muslims for peace yeah and and they were marching in the parade and the women were shrouded in american flags mm-hmm. covering their heads with american flags mm. you know with a huge banner that said you know proud of our country of residence mm-hmm. and you know i just i, I was really taken because that's a that's a that's a courageous move. It is. It is. Put and your you know, in a parade and wave. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. And you know, here's something else you want to know about Seattle. This is one of the little known facts about it. You know, uh, we have um, probably one of the largest contingencies here, and you know, very, very beautiful mosque here. 
And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I'm thinking back 10 years, I want to say now, maybe not as long. Uh, I believe for the first time in history, uh, the doors were open to one of our spiritual uh, ministers here, a woman who mm-hmm. went in. And people are like, what's the big deal? What are you saying? What? And, mm-hmm. and so what, what, when we're talking about peace and we're talking about what you're talking about, there are many acts of this, right? I really have come to appreciate what you've done a whole lot, uh, you know, mm-hmm. because when you're, when you're in the throw of a movement, the way that you're creating here, it has a life force energy, right? Mm-hmm. A life force yeah. energy. You know, anybody that's been, you know, in a kayak out, you know, in Hawaii or Pacific Northwest or anywhere or, or has done anything where you're in the moment of a breathtaking occurrence, almost like a spiritual awakening, right? It could be on a bicycle. Yeah. It could be. It, it could be at a center, right? But it doesn't. I was mm-hmm. out in the desert for 10 days with just water in 1997. It changed my life. Right. That's what it took, because I'm from New York. Right. I, I mean, I would have to do something like that for my for my awareness <laughs> to get shaken. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of concrete to get through here. Um, but once that happened for me, I had a new level of awareness. And I want to ask you this question about awareness. You know what you're doing and please tell people how they can find out more about it is one of the or one of the things that you're hoping to accomplish uh, is to create a new level of awareness for people. Yes. I, you know, I'm thinking, I have like three thoughts on what you were just yeah. talking about. And I so, so appreciate going from uh, New York and, and finding your way <laughs> into the water like that. And I just want to reflect on one thing with that. Sure. I, I worked in New York for a while and I had a program and I worked with kids and I would talk about the horizon and I realized that they were just kind of staring at me with blind eyes <laughs> and that a lot of these kids up in Spanish Harlem where I, was, where I was working had never seen a horizon for real. Right. You know, they barely looked up. And so what became part of our practice was providing a circle <laughs> so that they could look up safely because it's not a great idea to walk around New York City looking up and not paying attention to your surroundings. But we would create a space where it was safe enough for them. Like, we, we got your back. Just look up. And it was like some, it was a moment you could see them breathing in and just see it was their whole systems. Like you could see them just relax into looking at the sky, let alone what it does to be able to see a whole horizon, you know, and what how life changing that would be for some of these kids. So I yeah. totally get what, what you were you were just talking about. But mm-hmm. it goes to that awareness and consciousness. And, and I am curious, you know, I'm interested in, you know, the app that we're working on, the Live a Moment app is about connecting people at the top of an hour. You can choose, it doesn't have to be every hour, but it's just choose an hour every day and it will remind you to take a moment. And it's not a long meditation. It's a three-minute meditation or three-minute moment where you just take a breath and it can be visual or music or lead. You know, we have all sorts of options for you. But the point is you take a moment and then you plug in three words and then you see how many people around the world have the same thought as you at the same moment. Like, mm-hmm. what would happen if we could all collectively just stop for a moment and take a breath? Mm-hmm. And just, just, you know, take a step away from the madness of what's going on in the larger 
world and the madness that's in our minds and hearts and bodies sometimes, you know? And that's the shift that I'm really curious about making and that what that's what this is, is can we teach ourselves just collectively to just stop? You know, can as a, you know, what, what would happen in the Middle East if um, there was a groundswell where people on both sides decided to cease fire top of every hour, where you could just take a moment to collect yourself and come up with a better choice? You know, and it, it sounds very either esoteric or naive, and it's so not, because we all have had those moments where we've been able to stop the pattern and create a huge shift in our life. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can think of three of them where mm-hmm. if I just kept going down that road, it would have been the same old thing. Oh, and boy. Stopped, and everything in my life opened up because I stopped. Oh, boy. You know? Yep. Yep. And that's universal. Yeah. That's, you know, that's outside of religion, politics, spirituality. That's outside of the whole thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so that's the larger shift. And that's the thing that you can hear that I'm like really fired up about that. Yes, there's an app and there's, you know, a business structure and, and money that can be made here as well as money that can be, be given out. There's a whole structure to that that I want to talk about um, because I think good work can be profitable. And that's something we need to shift to to create a, oh, yeah. a better society. Yeah. That good work is profitable. Oh, yeah. Period. Let's let's take you a know? short break and come back and talk about that because that is an enormous myth that we have to yeah. bust. Now I'm going to put on my old crust-busting, my old crust-busting uh, mythology around this because the thing that the old-school idea that, wait a minute, good work is about sacrifice and about, you know, living in close to poverty conditions, that isn't even biblical, by the way, just to mention it right here. You go back in some of the biblical stories those people had money. You know, everybody, they didn't have money like we think about it today, but they had land and they had cattle and they were able to do things in the world. And somehow I think we got lost in the conversation about values versus good deeds. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Let's take a short break. But before we do, can you give out your website and let folks know, Deborah, how to find out more about you? Yes, uh, the website is livamoment.com, and you can either email me, Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, at uh, livamoment.com or info at livamoment.com, and it can get to me. And currently, we are in Atlanta and about to work our way out the East Coast, and at the end of the summer, we'll take the northern states. And if you are interested in us coming and, and filming peace vlogs at your school or company, or I would love going into the companies. That's an interesting conversation. Yeah, it and is. showing some of the footage that we have from around the world and, and leading some team building conversations. Please call us. We'd love for anybody to be a part of it. I love it. Let's take a short break, everyone, when we come back. Uh, more about what it means to bring that breath of peace into your life. Can you imagine that breath being filled with the world of possibilities? You imagine that being filled with ideas of innovation and abundance. Can you imagine that breath being filled with the notion of healing and opportunity for everyone, regardless of the income you make? Can you imagine in that breath 
not just for yourself, but include yourself. You imagine in that breath a moment, that moment in time where your eyes are open wide and you now see the world in a way you've never seen it before. You now reach out to people that are no longer on the other side. You understand the power of perseverance and the love that you can gain from that. Imagine that breath and then imagine now the work of Deborah Green. We'll be right back. Are you and your family looking for one manageable lifestyle change that will positively impact your health? Look no further. That change begins inside your drinking glass. Learn how to put a lid on junk drinking by sipping from a recipe collection of colorful, fresh, tasty, wholesome fruit and vegetable blends. Get your copy now of Sip the Garden. Fun, easy drinks for a healthier family by T. Carey Mitchell. Visit lifestyle120.com for information on how to order. Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat, joined here by Dr. Nusheen Darvish. Dr. Pat Basili and Dr. Nusheen Darvish will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. I'm so excited to be talking about this. We have so much to share. Dr. Darvish and I are planning to do is connect the dots. People suffering with all sorts of chronic diseases, it's time. It is time for them to transform. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio and help keep our mission strong for the loyal listeners out there that have been listening to this incredible show on Lyme disease we are not going to let you down we're going to come through stronger and enrich the platform for Lyme disease awareness through Lyme Talk Radio the message will continue the conversations will become stronger and the healing epic hey everyone this is Dr. Pat I am so thrilled. I've had the honor of working with Leslie Fontaine for the past year or so. And what she has created in her hit program, Sheer Alchemy, transcends what most of us get to listen to or hear in any point in time in our lives. But beyond that, Leslie is working with people all over the world, and she has created something phenomenal based on the feedback and input from the Archangels, from the Ascended Masters, from the light beings, and most importantly, from each and every one of you. So if you want to change your life, if you're ready to step into your own version of Sheer Alchemy, please give Leslie a call at 678-665-3366. And why? Because this is what you're going to be prepared to do. Be amazed and on your part, connect with the Ascended Masters that are there to help you custom make the life that you are meant to live. Get ready to rid yourself of all that is weighing you down and holding you back from living the life you want for yourself. Coming Clean, The Art of Transparency with Katherine Moss is a hit show for women in recovery who are ready to live life on purpose. Tune in and let Katherine help you live your truth one day at a time. Live each Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. TheAngelLady.net 
TheAngelLady.net TheAngelLady.net TheAngelLady.net TheAngelLady.net 1-800-323-1790 Sue Storm TheAngelLady.net Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. I'm thrilled to have Deborah Green joining us here today. And, you know, as she said earlier, and I want to emphasize this, um, when you go to the website uh, and you take a look at it, there are ways for you to get involved. And what I love about what Deborah shared is that, you know, if you want to engage either your community, your business, your schools, uh, whatever that is, If you want to get an engagement around peace uh, and what that looks like, we want to make sure you have lots of information to do that. So, Deborah, before we talk about this ancient idea of doing good work in the world uh, and actually making money uh, at the same time, again, tell people what's the best way to get a hold of you, how they can find out more. Sure. Uh, Liveamoments.com is our website, and it gives you a lot of information about both the app that's coming out and the current project that we're working on, which mm-hmm. is the Art State of Peace documentary. But just email us at info at liveamoment.com. Uh, you can address it to me, and I'll, I'll make sure that it, it'll, it'll get to me. Uh, and we're going around the country, and we are completely open to working with organizations or schools or communities who want to put together a, a salon or some sort of meetup where we can some of um, the excerpts from all over the world in the peace blog, but also we will come and we will professionally film peace mm-hmm. blogs for you that we can then send out to you that you can each have your own messages of peace through this um, through this uh, presentation. We'd be happy it. to do that. I love yeah, it. It's been a lot of fun. I have to say one of the things that's really great about it is that, you know, I actually like sitting with some of the skeptics um, and because it's it's fun for me to challenge it because it's what it's about is being able to sit down and challenge myself um you can't be open to everybody but it it doesn't work as a sentence you know like it doesn't work with the caveat and it doesn't mean that you are saying that you condone a behavior or that Mm. you you know want to subscribe to it or even want to hear about it but too deeply, but it's that you need to see beyond in the humanity of how people got to where they got to, um, and that is always a challenge for me. And I and so when I sit with the skeptics, I kind of it's interesting to watch people melt away when you don't when you're not when you don't have the agenda when you're just um, meeting them as a self possessed person and honoring them as a self possessed person with their stuff, and I got my stuff, and being able to. Uh, breathe and take a moment. And the funniest part is that even the skeptics, you know, they may roll their eyes. Cause what we do when we first sit down is say, why don't we just take a breath, yeah. you know, and do it the way that you do it, whether it's a prayer or not. Just take a breath and imagine a moment in your life where you thought, oh, God, this is it. This is peace. And they may roll their eyes to begin with, but you can see their state change yeah. and it's visible. And it's so much fun to have that uh, film. Yeah. You can literally see the energy of a person shift, and 
even if they don't want to be open to me, you know, they start to be, you know, you have those moments. I mean, I'm not saying everybody, but most of the time, you know, there's a moment where they just at least will engage in a way that, you know, that we're recognizing each other as both being present in some sort of respectful way. And that's, that's really, uh, that's a great thing to witness, especially with people, you know, who are, have prejudice. We all have prejudice, yeah. but people who, you know, lead with that for them to get through a prejudice, even in a five-minute interview. It's completely possible. Yeah. And I love that what you're talking about is something that's so powerful that when we do stop for that, sometimes, and I'm not saying that everyone has experienced this, but I know I have, and I just shared with you during the break the aha moment I had in a very intense call And, you know, when you're able to step back and listen, when two people are talking but not really hearing each other, and then you're looking at this and you're stepping back and you're saying, oh, my goodness, nobody's doing that. And and then you have that moment where you're trying to say, you know, do, do you know the potentiality that both of you, both parties now, that both of you that have come to the cable, can you see that the sum of what you have is so greater than either one. And I will tell you, sometimes they do. Yesterday, they didn't. Uh, But I saw it. And that really leads me to talking about, you know, a couple of different things. I think I saw on your website, uh, philanthropic consumerism. Uh, Mm -hmm. I love that term. Uh, I I I do a show called Enlightened Capitalism, and people really beat me up for that. They were like, why are you using that capitalism word? I said, but wait, it says enlightened before it. And I, all of a sudden, I'm like, well, well, what? That's where we live. That, that We live there in this place. Yeah, you know, I'm so sorry for interrupting. I get really Go. excited about this because yeah. this, is, this is one of those moments in time. There's a new word coming. Yeah. And I'm really good at that. I'm uh-huh. a good wordsmith. I just, and I love playing with it. And, uh-huh. and I grew up around intellectuals. And, and uh-huh. I always, from a very young age, I got what communication was. And I watched people use communication to actually uh, manipulate as opposed to communicate, you know. If somebody doesn't understand what indigo is, for God's sake, use blue. The point <laughs> is to actually get the point across, you know. And so I love playing with words. And the thing that fascinates me is that there's a new word coming, and I can't quite figure it out. And right. I think the reason I can't quite figure it out is that it needs to be a collective of people that need to work on it. Because consumerism isn't it. It's not no. about consuming. But conservationism isn't it either. You know, there's something in between that we're not quite getting, and that's why I call this philanthropic consumerism, because it's the seed of where I want the new word to go. And what I mean by that is we we still do have, there is a consumption that actually happens when we purchase something or, you know, uh, something is exchanged, but there is this new group of people who, when given the option of two products, will go for the one that gives back. Yes. If the products are the same and have the same, you know, value and 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 uh, level of products, they're going to go for the one that gives back. And that right there is an economic movement. How And it's not just about 1%. And I love that there are B Corps, but it's something new. And it's still, it's still burgeoning. And we're still all working on it. And there are so many people who are working on this around the planet that something will pop 
soon. And that's the conversation that I love having uh, in some of the organizations that, you know, if I go into a company and do team building and <laughs> use our state of peace as a team building exercise, you know, you, you start the conversation of what's possible and where are we and get people to take a moment. And then there's something larger that comes from it, you know, and, and that's really fascinating to me to see where that's going to pop up and how that's going to, um, become something a lot power, more powerful. This company, my company is set up so that, you know, there's enough, there's enough of an arc within the economy of how, um, a very small subscription fee for this app, you know, it can scale very quickly and it's a good, it's a good model. And because of that, I want people involved as, as um, investors who are okay that part of the model is that 50% of it goes to the companies who are using the app. You know, if you have a group that are using the app as a group, you know, whether you are a nonprofit or a company or a teacher or a radio show host or, or a mother who's raised, you know, who needs to raise capital for her daughter's you know, cancer treatment, so she puts a prayer group together, yeah. and half the subscription fee of that prayer group goes to her or to the organization. And and I look for people who say, okay, enough's enough, meaning this is a good profit. And yes, if we didn't give 50% away, we'd have more, but part of the model that makes it a value is that we're giving 50% away. Yes, it does. And to, to stretch ourselves to be able to see a new model in that, um, you know, again, yeah. the word's not there. It's not socialism. It's not capitalism. No, it's, it's not, not there. You know, well, I had to yet. change the language when I, I realized I was using the term enlightened capitalism. And I, I one day, I must have been tired or something, Deborah, right? And I just said, mm-hmm. yeah, and I said NCAP. And everybody was like excited. NCAP? What's that? And, uh, no kidding. It was like uh, it just came out of my mouth. It was like end cap. And it was I said, that's enlightened capitalism. Oh, tell us more about that. No, I, if I just said enlightened capitalism, I, you know, you lose half of the people in the room. But I had the, right, all of a right. sudden I was tired and I said end cap. You know, that's what we're here mm-hmm. to talk about. End cap. It's a new way of looking at the way we exchange things. Uh, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it t- it's like people want to talk about end cap. But enlightened mm-hmm. capitalism, it was like, well, enlightened's hot, hot for some people. Capitalism was hot for other people, and it, we couldn't have a dialogue, right? right. But NCAP is this very andro- almost androgynous kind of like, boom, there it is, right? It's, right. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. I like that. But isn't that what we're talking about here is we're talking about having an idea uh, and, you know, this is so funny, you and I are talking about this, because, you know, we built our business model on our expansion, right? And our business model is very robust. You know, any investor that looks at it, they say, yep, that's the way to go. There is no positive talk radio network out there that has an infrastructure like yours. Sounds really good, right? But mm-hmm. when I switched the conversation as part of the presentation and I said, yeah, but honestly, we don't want to charge people for shows. Our, our goal is really to eliminate pay, pay, you know, pay and play. We don't want that. Mm-hmm. We don't want any more pay and play because it's absolutely, by the way, ridiculous in this country now. First of all, you cannot even buy airtime on any of the major places. And then the boutique firms, there are a handful that are keeping their rates low. But generally speaking, if you wanted to buy an hour of airtime down in L.A., it's five grand. If you're lucky. Right. Um, right and right. we're just like, no, I've been doing that 14 years. We want to create something new. So here's what I said to them. 
I said, yeah, we are building an infrastructure that we can literally sell the licensing that to any network. And we said to them that in 12 hours, if you were to say to me, I want to launch my own network, Deborah Green wants to launch a, the, the uh, Live a Moment network, and you want to invite 100 hosts to this network, and you would like it to be a revenue-bearing model, but you don't want to develop anything, you don't want to build a website, you want all the technology, I would say, Deborah, give me your domain name, give me 12 hours, and in 12 hours, I would show you a fully operational network that you could literally bring hosts on within 24 hours. That is the thing. And how did we come up with that? We're not radio people. We want to get a message in the world. I got a little excited. I'm sorry right there. I'm sorry. I got like a little... I had a moment. I had a moment. I had a moment, Go Benny. Benny's looking at me. Uh-oh. I did. I'm sorry. I had a moment. Go ahead, Deborah. So what you're demonstrating is the the new ability to get uh, to connect people and uh, to create different types of movements and how quickly that can happen. And that's the key right now is to use our resources, whether it is, you know, online radios or our phones or, you know, all these different ways of, of connecting um, to increase towards the good. Like, how do we, how do we shift the economy, whether, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's economy of, you know, in money terms or whether it is in connection to people. Um, I look around the country, and when I'm having these conversations with people, um, I know part of the reason that we're where we are at is because there are, the, there, are, there is this ability to speak out, to have mm-hmm. forums, to develop programs like what you're developing mm-hmm. that allow people to speak and to have it heard. And mm-hmm. that's part of the issue and the problem and part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing that I'm trying to help and work within. And that's why it's so exciting to talk uh, to people, you know, to these online um, uh, radio stations as well, you know, People want to be heard right now. Uh, they don't want to hide anymore. No. There is a, there, it, it goes well beyond the fear that we're seeing in, um, on, you know, within the media. And mm. to be able to create forms where people can speak so, so, so important right now. Um, and in America especially, we are a leader mm-hmm. in whatever our next step is. You yeah. know, people yeah. look to yeah. us and, and, and say, these are the people, you know, people, by the way, we're, it's, it's the, the nation of immigrants, mm. you know, it is. And so all these people from all over the world are talking to me about what they envision America is. And America still is the place where they envision a better life. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no question about it. that's what our parents did. You know, it's. That hasn't changed, even though there is anger and even though, you know, we're dealing with a lot of violence right now and there are a lot of reasons why and a lot of things that this country has done, you know, know, I wouldn't call exactly kosher. You know, Mm -hmm. there are things that are going on that, you know, need to be reworked and we know that, but we still hold the mantle on that. And so there's a responsibility with that. And that's the important thing right now. That's the important thing is that the voices are heard and they're not suppressed. And that people figure out a way to do it in a resilient fashion. 
yeah. um, to be their better self. I am hmm. amazed by, you know, areas that I've gone into where I thought I was going to be met with such negativity. Yeah. yeah. And how much hope people are still expressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree it's with still- you completely. I really do. Um, do you find that we have this view perhaps because we have not made the space for hope to show up, but now maybe we are? I, you know, I don't know where cynicism comes from. That's a really good mm-hmm. uh, questioning, you know, and road mm-hmm. to go down. And, and I'm going to think about that. Cause, yes, please. Um, but, uh, you know, cynicism, it's, it, it's fascinating. I think, I think in terms of like when I worked in the jail system and I worked with gang members and, mm. you know, kids, you know, they were violent offenders. They were 14 to 18, but they were in for some of the more severe crimes and they were opposing gang members. And at the time, I actually used Shakespeare as a vehicle to get them to speak <laughs> to each other. And it worked really well, but, mm-hmm. but it wasn't even about that. It was much more, they, they didn't feel respected. They weren't looked in the eye. And so when they had the gun in their hands, one gentleman talked to me, one, one young man talked to me about uh, when he holds the gun up to somebody and that person looks, person looks them in the eye, he feels respected. Mm-hmm. And usually the person sitting on the other end of the gun is somebody who would never give him the time of day. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I remember saying to him, you can hold, you can hold my life in your hands, but you're not going to gain my respect. You need to find a truer way to get respect from somebody. Because mm. that taking a life does not get you the respect, you know, that you that mm. you're looking for, you know. And um, I think that's part of where some of the, um, some of the cynicism comes from um, yeah. in, in certain communities. It's just not feeling, um, not feeling respected. Mm -hmm. And I also think that when I was working with these kids, the thing that came to my mind was how young a country we are. Yeah. And so at the time there was a lot of attention. This was like in the nineties and there was a lot of attention, attention being paid to what was going on in gang. And I kept thinking they're just, you know, out picturing what we are as as a nation, you know, as a nation, we're a teenager with a big gun. That's who we are, you know, we're 200-some-odd years old. Exactly. You know, we're, we're, ba- we're a baby nation. Mm-hmm. We've, done, we've done a really good job, and we've created amazing things in the world, but we're very young. And I don't think we have the humility to recognize, you know, as far as in a world stage, you know, how other cultures have, have been there and back already right. a couple of times. Right. And, um yeah, I, I think cynicism is a choice. I really do. I think it's a choice. I think we make that choice. And, you know, and, and sometimes we make that choice because we don't see that there's another. And, you know, and, and my sense is like when you're going around, you're seeing hope show up. And when hope shows up, uh, magic happens. Magic happens. And, you know, I mean, even for me as a child growing up in the projects in New York uh, and and living on the streets and, you know, that's I, I mean, I don't want to go into a lot of detail about it, 
Uh, but the monkey bars were my friend, right? You know, that was my play. Even for somebody like me, I happened to have the opportunity to play a stringed instrument in some crazy move to a junior high school in the Bronx that had that. That changed my life. You know, that changed my life. You know, I wasn't now just hanging out on the streets anymore. You know, I had something that I didn't think was possible. And I, I, I really get a sense of what you're saying around this, because if we take a moment and that and what I think you're saying, too, is if we in that moment and we, we can take that breath, that breath will be filled with peace. See, it will be filled with peace. And in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Right. And in the moment of peace. What happens is we get a new level of awareness and that new level of awareness now gives us a whole world of possibilities in 60 seconds. Right. It's so it's so true. Um, You know, and when I was when you say I'm seeing hope, it's not that I'm going into areas that everybody's like, I have the solution. I'm feeling no, no. You know, and this is one of the things that I always say when it comes to mindfulness, you know, mindfulness, sometimes people think being here now, be in the moment. I think it's going to be you know, this pretty pink moment. And, yeah. and sometimes the moment sucks. Yeah. You know, that's the fact. Yeah. But we need to learn how not to back away from that moment. We need that's to learn right. how to just be aware and go, wow, this crap. And breathe into it and find a better solution, but not from brushing it under the carpet. And so some of these people may not, you know, sit down and go, oh, I'm so hopeful. But the hope comes from just being listened to. You know, they walk out of those interviews, and I've had people call me and write me and say, that stayed with me for weeks. That five-minute conversation of me sitting down and saying, all right, let's talk about this. What's up? You know, and and it's not as vague as that. But, you know, people want to be heard. And then out of that, and this is the next step, it's action. What you were talking about, the old activism. Action. You can't just sit and have a concept. You have to add action to your life with your purpose yeah, and, and put your purpose into action. And, and especially in this, in this state we're in now and politically, um, I say to people who are thinking about opting out right now, you know, of the election, and I say, look, you don't vote, you don't bitch. Mm-hmm. You, you lose your right to this if you don't vote, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. You know, that's, that's the whole thing. Like you have to be engaged, you know, and, and pick the candidate that you think you can trust the most with the button for the next four years. And then both parties need to go away and get themselves together and come back with a dynamic conversation four years from now. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's where we're at. When I talk to and, young people that are thinking about opting out, I give them my Richard Nixon story. Mm-hmm. I really do. I bring them back in time. And I, we, I know we don't have enough time here to talk about it, but I bring them back in a day and time. And I reflect upon what it was like, you know, being part of an era in time where dirty jokes were common in workplaces, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. where women could be fondled in public and nothing could be done with it, where people were dying on hospital floors. You know, I I mean, and in an era where we couldn't do enough to raise a level of awareness about a war that nobody understood. And yet at the same time, many of us were underage to vote. And we thought, 
what a privilege it is. And I hope, I hope that our people in this day and age see it as a privilege and see yeah. that their vote does count and it does matter. And thank I you. I want to bring up organizations that are doing great work also as far as this is concerned. And I have been, uh, you know. You got, about, you got about 10 seconds. Uh, all I want to say is that at, you know, a call, uh, an email, they make a difference. I've yeah. seen Congress and congressmen and women. Exactly. We have more, we have more ability to change the system than we can. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you. Deborah Green, everybody. We'll be right back. I mean, I can be seen.